This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. backstage pass to a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. It is episode 20 and I'm very excited because I thought it might be kind of cool to bring John, my husband, back on. Uh, There's so much going on in the world right now uh, as if you listen to the last episode I'm sure you heard me voicing my opinions about and I thought it might be great to bring him back in for a few reasons. One, if this works out and y'all like it, I might bring him back on every 10th episode just as sort of like an update, give you guys sort of where we are, where our life is going and what's happening, and uh, just to sort of like another perspective on the whole stuff. As I've said in the past, it's, or I think we said on the last, on, on episode 10 about this, that the highest, some of the highest divorce rates come out of parents who parent kids with special needs it's very it's a high divorce rate and we work very hard to keep our family intact and it doesn't come without its challenges I'll tell you that and I will honestly say that John and I don't fight the same way I'm sure we can talk about that and how we handle our stress is not the same and often doesn't quite complement each other so this need to find ways that we can connect and stay together and work as a team is often its own example of an effort that we make uh, and it's it's it is its own job I would say but let me introduce John bring him in those of you who don't know John and I uh, have been married since 2010 in fact we're coming up on our ninth anniversary I screwed it up yesterday and said it was our going to be our eighth <laughs> and he was laughing at me but our ninth anniversary uh, in June and um, John is an artist and an animator and a cartoonist and a writer and an all-around an actor and all-around artist and that's actually something we're going to talk about on this this episode today so welcome John I am not a dancer though no so no <laughs> yeah, so if, the, if, if the question is between human human and dancer I, I am human I am not dancer. not dancer um, <laughs> good to know uh, yeah, um, I, I do want to, in advance, I want to make two statements. One, uh, that small noise you may hear at the very beginning of this recording, I was stifling a yawn, and I don't think I succeeded when Allie was doing the introduction. I don't know if she noticed it. I didn't. I was really trying not to. I'm, I'm a little tired. Um, okay. So, uh, so I, I, if, you, if you heard like a little weird hiccupy noise at the very beginning, like as Allie's introducing, that was me, but I'm hoping it disappeared. But if you, if you did, that was not Allie's bad recording. That was, <laughs> that was me. And two, if it doesn't work out and you don't want me back every 10th episode, I won't consider it a referendum on me much. Much. I'll, I'll handle it okay. I, just I, all right. I, I will be all right with that. I... I <laughs> But, um, that's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, that that's that's all the all the all the jokes and yucks that are coming from me now. Now let's get to the serious conversation about our dissolving marriage. Yes, let's talk about that. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know, I know. It's so, he's kidding. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about the artist's life and the fact. <laughs> I'd love to have one. I know. <laughs> What's that like? I don't know. This is a good point. So I, uh, I this past, I'll, I'll start. I'll preface it by saying this: those of you who follow me on social media know that I've I've been battling a lot of depression lately, and some pretty intense depression. Uh, pro- possibly some of it's from what I mentioned earlier, which is probably the hormonal shift that happened since I completely stopped. I weaned ja- uh, Jordan completely off of my milk and therefore my body was probably like whoa Nelly this is not as too much and your body and doesn't even know your real name it, it thinks you're called Nelly it does it's okay. so mean I know you would think it would have like <laughs> okay, met me I'll, I'll stop now I'm, I don't know why I'm on a roll with being a horrible <laughs> dad joke person it's okay uh, the other thing is um, there's just a lot overwhelming our world right now oh, and yeah. I think I mean as in out in the world and women in general and this is not an excuse exclusionary thing because I think that women's reproductive rights and being squashed actually is a healthcare problem all around. Mm-hmm. I think it affects everybody, not just the women. I think it affects men. It affects uh, it affects trans. It affects everybody. I, kids in general. I mean, everybody is affected by this when we when we make bans mm-hmm. on on people having autonomy on their body. I think mm-hmm. it definitely affects everybody. So uh, that's you know definitely been weighing on my mind and 
soul a lot and also because we're still a little bit in flux with what's going on with Jackson we're not really sure what's going to happen this summer we have some ideas but everything might blow up in our faces so there's a there's a lot of concern uh so that that's actually something I want to talk about a little bit is the medicine when we get back to let's go back to the artist's life so one of the things that has been on my mind is uh my me being an actor and my many many years of doing this business and always I mean you hear me I talk about it I'm I will never not want to be part of this world I mean I've always been an actor I've been an actor since I can remember and I don't want to leave it and I am not I'm also not a quitter I have a lot of stubbornness in me uh yes so I I feel like but I also feel like it's important to take stock sometimes in where you are and what's going on. So part of me thinks that a lot of what's happening with me is there's a big like human shift happening within me. This my my baby is starting to grow up and what does that mean? And I, I've become this mom and I, I want to be able to have my own personal autonomy, but I haven't been able to really put the focus where I want to put it. And, you know, I'm a, I've been a, I'm a very proud SAG after a actor but I'm not in equity uh and most people would be like oh don't join equity it's terrorist if you live in Chicago I mean it's like what are you thinking but you know what I'm 43 and I've been doing this for a very long time and so that's been on my mind it'd be nice to have equity in something huh Ha-ha. Hi-o. Hi-o. Here all week, folks. So, but only this week. <laughs> so equity is the uh, Actors' Equity Association. It's the other union. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm not as deeply involved in the theatrical world as Allie has been over her life, but though I was a theater major and I do act, um, one of the things about equity that everyone uh, will tell you when you're young is don't join it because it'll keep you from getting jobs at the beginning. Right. It's more for people who are already consistently getting work is, is the is the standard wisdom of equity and of course you have to join it pretty much if you're in like New York usually if I'm not mistaken That's you don't like, I mean well you, it's, it's should. you should not have <laughs> yeah. to obviously not have to but like I, I was saying more like you have to do this right. if you really like like in city in New York I think if you're not in equity you're never gonna get the work that will in any way help you succeed Whereas in other cities, equity is kind of a blessing and a curse. You get yeah. all the benefits of being in a union, but you also, you know, have to do all sorts of crap if you want to do a non-equity show in any way, shape, or form. You can't and, do and an equity. Yeah, you can't. Like, you can't I'm do saying, non-equity if you you're can't, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no, you, you, they'd have to, like, they'd have to become an equity show, if, like, you know. Right. And, you know, there's not as many equity shows around, especially in regional theaters. Like, in, like I when I was in college in South Carolina, obviously, you know, no one... You know, everyone would tell you, even if you wanted to join equity, it's like, don't join it yet. You're not going to be able to get any work until right. you move to a place that has enough equity shows to, you know. Exactly. So, cause like, so if you're like, yeah, if you're a regional actor, if like you live in a small area, like if you live in a small city that's not like major theatrical point, right. you know, they may have a lot of, there may be a lot of theater going on in your town, but you're not going to be able to get work if you're equity. So it's a very bad it's, it's like an, it's a bad decision for you as an actor to do right. for that reason, even though overall being in a union is a good thing. So my reason for considering again, I heard all the things that John is explaining. Yeah, I, I, I was giving the negative stuff. Yeah, actually, no, no, no. Though. I heard yeah. all the things that John was explaining for my whole life, which is why I am forty-three years old and yeah. I still have never joined. Yeah. Now, there's, it's not like you can just generally you can't just like walk up to equity and be like, I want to join. It doesn't work like that. Right, yeah. uh, you have to actually work enough weeks. And build up. I believe it's used to be fifty, but I I think it's still fifty. I'm not exactly sure anymore. All the rules. You have to work a certain amount of weeks. Which doesn't to, seem like much until you actually realize most shows you're in are only going to be a few weeks long. Right. Like so to build up those know. weeks, and it keeps going. Once you join the the membership program, the e- equity membership candidacy, and you're part of that thing, every time you work in an equity show, you accrue weeks. Generally, there's rules, but it's fine. Just to give just the the broad view. So I probably. I don't have 50 weeks, but I have a lot of weeks. I probably have, I think, four weeks. Yeah. If you, if you count the, the if you join, but if, you, if, if you count the opera I was in like a million years but ago. But did you ever actually join the equity membership? No, I didn't. Right. Well, yeah, see, that's yeah, the thing. Same. So you actually. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, in my life, in your life I've worked right. maybe four weeks on a show that would have been covered by equity. Right. So the point <laughs> is that I've been an e, I've been an EMC equity membership candidate for many many years, and I've been you know very slowly building my weeks up. But because I've been a SAG after a member for a long enough time, there's a there's a clause that you can join the other, you can join the other are, union. Are they sister unions or are they just sis- like cousin unions? I, I mean, they call it sister. Kissing cousin unions. I think they call it sister unions. I don't know how exactly true that is. Well, I'm because- trying to think like I know like in South Carolina, IATSE, 
was like union was was weirdly enough like brother unions with firefighters, which right. was a little different, you know. Yeah, no, I think they call it sister union. So I think that's why there's a crossover op- yeah, option. Yeah, for stagehands. Yeah, that's for stagehands. Yeah, we're talking uh, deep shop here. Sorry by about that. Yeah. By uh, the way, by the way, when I was giving all the negative reasons uh, for 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 equity, I felt like I was in the middle of a medieval morality play where I played the part of conventional wisdom, <laughs> <laughs> and I would walk on and give conventional wisdom to you, you know, actor. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that. So the my point is that uh, all of those reasons, you know, I was accruing my weeks, accruing my weeks. And even though I could have joined, you know, as soon as I had the ability through the many rules that you have to be part of SAG and then join uh, uh, equity, I could have done it before. I didn't. And the reason was a lot of what John was saying is this idea that, you know, there's a lot of non-equity theater in, in Chicago. I didn't want to sort of shoot myself in the foot and keep myself from it because when you're non-equity, you can work in an equity house. You don't get paid the same as equity actors, but you can still work there and you can build your and, that, and that's how you get into equity. Right. Otherwise, otherwise, no one could ever join. Right, exactly. It's a, it's a little bit of a catch-22, but that's how you join or you understudy in an equity house. All of these things are definitely like possible ways to get in. So my goal was to start building my resume with equity houses, which is exactly what I did. I actually ended up three shows in a row. I understudied at, in equity houses and went on for two of those perform like shows that I was in. So and I, you were great. Oh, well, thank you. You're very sweet. But my point was I thought, okay, well, I've done this. Like I know how to do that. And it wasn't, those weren't my only equity house shows. They were just the most recent ones. And I was like, okay, I've worked in an equity house. I know how to do this. I definitely can hold my own in a show with equity actors. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not new at this. Yeah. So what's holding me back from from joining in it was like, well, the opportunity, right? But let's think about this for a second. I have two children, right? And if, that you know of. That I know of, right? <laughs> Wait, that doesn't if work. I if I am going to take on a show, number one, it better pay me enough to do it. Mm-hmm. It better be a show I really want to be a part of. And it has to be worth it financially as well as like careerally to, you know, take it because it's going to mean that I have to find, I have to find coverage. It's not like I can drop both kids off at my parents. Right. We have a lot of, you know, situations here that are going to cause. Can I put a pin in yeah, uh, yeah, just yeah. real quick? Uh, do we want to talk about the catch 22 of employment with what? us? Oh, uh, at some point later. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, I'd yes. say like, let's put a pin in this because I think maybe we might we'll come talk back to about yes, that. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I think that's a very good idea um, because it actually it feeds into this whole experience. But my point is, so do I want to take that time where I'm not going to be the person that is with Jackson at his therapies or taking him where he needs to go because I'm in rehearsal or I'm gone in the evenings and therefore you know I'm not there for bath time or you know bedtime or all those things so what 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 do I want to give up and sacrifice and at what point and at given what you know at what level and let's be honest having to schedule auditions and in if my point is to have this higher career and go to equity shows the big houses, if, you, if you're part of the, if you're a non-equity person or you're an equity membership candidate, if you go down to equity when they're holding their EPAs, which is in, uh, you know, the, the principal auditions, the equity principal auditions, um, you're sitting there for a while until your name comes up on the list if you're lucky enough to get in because they always see equity people first, then they go down the lists of the other people. Now, Chicago is a really great city in that they will work their butts off to get as many people in but if you're talking about the Goodman Steppenwolf any of those big major places you better be standing in line at like 6 a.m if you're going to be one of those people who's going to get there and I went and sat nine hours I did get seen for one of the big houses and I thought to myself I can't do that now like I can't do that with you know, yeah. two kids and a, a, that, that, I mean that, that's hard to do. Just even if you're single and childless and yes. have a job, yes, it is. Like and have a day job right. or anything. Like just like you have to take an entire day that like and set it aside, and you you really have to say I'm not doing anything but this. And the thing is, this is the job of acting. And like you, I know you've probably spoken about it before, but the job of acting for like for people who aren't actors or performers they don't they think of the job is getting up on stage or being on camera yes and that is such a tiny part yes of that life like most i mean if you want to talk unpaid labor i don't know that acting if there's any job that has more unpaid maybe maybe public school teachers 
about any job that has more uh, more unpaid labor than actors because most actors do their entire lives are basically job interviews and self promotion and it's all on spec. Yes. They're not you know like you may like you like it's almost like if 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 any other career if you were told you have to put this much money into it without you know like to get a paycheck people would be like well, that's a scam. Yeah, they would. They would like, think it's a scam. Like like because I mean, like and that's I think where why acting or why so many people quit acting after a while is because their lives are going on job interview after job interview. And yeah, that nine hours to go on a job interview yeah. where you aren't the finalist. Right. Like this is there are literally dozens to hundreds of people who are equally qualified to you, that similar to you, who are all competing for that job. Right. That, you know, and at the end of the day, you you may never hear from them again. And some of those auditions, those generals, they're looking for a whole season of people and they're kind of just like they're just if you don't fit the boxes, no matter how good you are, right. you've basically spent nine hours. Exactly. That you're not going to get back, and, and the best the best you can hope for in that situation is maybe they look at you and go, "We don't have anything for her now," but maybe they'll remember you, yeah. and that's not a guarantee because right. there's so many people that go through that. Like I know for a fact, and I will not name specific names. There have been casting directors who like have basically said, "Oh yeah, Allie." Oh, why haven't I seen her in a while? Because they for it's not that like not that they don't like Allie. Right. It's that there's so much stuff going on yes. that they don't remember that Allie is a viable person. And right. when Allie is unable to go to auditions for months at a time because she's having a baby or has a baby that has a sick kid or has a Jackson needing therapies and not having her having time to go to auditions, like eventually you, your name disappears from right. their brain, and that sucks. Yes, and and it also is such a it's such a blow too because you. You feel like you've built this relationship with this person, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, hi," and you're like, like they know who you are, but they're like they're looking at you like, "Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long," and you've been like you said, just sort of forgotten. And the other piece of it is the promotional piece. If you're not very good at marketing, and I am not very good at marketing, if you're not very good at marketing, you are also being lost because then there's that piece of like where do you draw the line like how often am I supposed to be sending my stuff how bore like how annoying am I if they yeah. keep getting my stuff yeah because you're supposed desk? to because you're supposed to keep reminding them that you exist right but there's a there's a you know but you're also not supposed to bug them to the point where they're annoyed by you right and it's really hard to tell like with and you know and, and every casting person is different yes so you never know you know like certain people like I, again, not naming names, there is a certain person who is very important to casting in this area that if you go into audition with this certain person, you will probably not get any feedback at all, whether you were good or not, Yes. from them in any way. They won't even look at you. Yeah, pretty much during the entire <laughs> audition. I have gone to one audition with this person, and it was the most disheartening experience of my life because I did not, I couldn't tell when I left if I had done a good job or a bad. Correct. Because this person was in a corner not paying attention, and they had an assistant that was just sort of looking at a page. <laughs> Yep. you know with me and it, like like you know and it was it was very much like I left and went and I was like you know, I asked like how to go I'm like I have no earthly yep. idea yep it couldn't have gone that well because I am not on any of the things that they cast I've had that exact experience <laughs> and never heard from them again and then I have had that exact experience and gotten a call back right. so you never no that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. It's there's the no crazy and I know I knew that going in thank yeah. goodness yeah, yeah but that was the only like even well, could you imagine it, not knowing? even knowing it yeah it was disheartening it is. even like here's the thing you tell someone oh they're not going to respond to you in any way and it's going to be like delivering your heartfelt monologue to a statue yeah or your very funny monologue to a statue in yes. some ways yes <laughs> you know like like this is a person I think that like if if this person laughs at a joke, you have succeeded beyond your wildest dreams because this person has seen it all. It's and like does making not my dad laugh. Yes, yes. So well, I mean that's easy enough. You just have to make a really big pancake and flip it with a shovel. <laughs> Talk about cheese, plunging cheese. Okay, that's enough. That's enough of a uh, uh, Uncle Buck of, of Uncle Buck jokes. Uh, but yeah, like but yeah, like. I don't know, and, and I don't know if you wanted to talk to me about oh. my world of art. Yes, I did. Mine is, because mine is so slightly different than yours because I do act occasionally. Right. And I want to talk about that, and I definitely want – I'm, I'm going to take your pen out and say we can talk about the the state of employment as well. Yeah. So why don't you jump in because that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Is, is, John, what – so I – when we got together, I said to you, I am an actor. I am doing this. This isn't going to change. If you can't handle it, don't be with me. And you were like, uh, okay. I lied to myself. <laughs> Apparently. 
But you, you say, right, <laughs> the source of much of our contention. Three, three nervous breakdowns later. <laughs> right, totally. So what have you done in your life to keep your artist stuff up? Or do you wish you would have done? Or, you know, give me, give me sort of a, uh, an idea. Okay. The, this, is a multi, this is a multifaceted issue with right. me. Um, yeah, I, I am someone who I, when I was younger, I was very, very active in artistic pursuits, like younger people tend to, they tend to have more time to Mm -hmm. do things and more. I was, like, I used to be very, very diligent about practicing drawing. I was, like, I was a visual artist first, you know. As I got older, you know, and I'd always kind of wanted to be a writer too. Like, when I got to college, visual art, I, I, I went to the wrong school for what I was. I should have gone to a school that would have had more focus on illustration. I went to a liberal arts college. I went to the College of Charleston. And if you want to go get sort of a general liberal arts education in art, you know, that's a fine place to go for that. But they, the teachers were almost entirely like gallery artists. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question really quick. Did you end up going there because you got it was because it was in state and it was cheaper. Basically, yes. And, and because your dad was... And because... And be, well, my dad... Actually, my dad being a professor had no connection there. Oh. He was an adjunct. They, oh, they, they didn't give you a deal. There okay. is no... There, there's no deal for adjuncts there, at least not not then and probably not now. Okay. Um, I was curious if that was a financial no, decision. No, no, no. It 100% had zero connection. My dad didn't know anyone in admissions and since he worked as an adjunct. Yeah. It no, I more didn't. meant because it was in state No, no, I didn't go... In state, definitely helped. Yeah. I was saying yeah. financially, that probably Yeah, helped. that did help. And okay. it also didn't hurt that like much like today, um, I was, you know, very lackadaisical about being prepared. So I didn't, they took me, like, I didn't really apply for colleges until fairly late in the game. Gotcha. You know, I did So you get, didn't go for financial aid anywhere? Not financially, not, but uh, scholarships. Scho- yeah, I did not. Term, I yeah. did not really have any good scholarships lined up. That That's partially on me. I mean, as bad as our educational system is, and it wasn't great then, it got much worse as time went on. True. I actually, I think. I think 1994, when I first went to college, was like the first year that they really started cutting the Pell Grants. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's right. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I was like, I was like the, I was like the first test case for what they later did to millennials. Um, but, um, but uh, yeah, but I, I, I went to a school where basically, like midway through the school, I kind of switched to theater because it felt like it was, I was like, I liked theater too, and the theater education, weirdly enough, seemed more functional. It seemed like they were actually teaching skills that, like, I could actually learn. Yeah. I didn't really get a lot of skills in my art classes. I got a lot of, like, critiques of, like, ideas and themes. But I never got, like, I didn't get a lot of technique instruction. It was mm-hmm. like, it's like, you know, go to a painting class. Uh, you know, you buy your own paints and your own material. You pick your own whatevers and just have at it. And then, like, someone, criti- they may critique how you used it. But there's no, like... Well, if you want to do this effect, do this. There was no... Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, no. The, the, the only technical classes really were life drawing, which is a very good course, but also one that is grueling to uh, take with the... The instructor was great, but grueling. Um, because he was like, you know, like... Yeah. I, but I, I probably needed more people like him and more classes, you know, like, like that to do what I was good at, which was life drawing and illustration and cartooning. And none of those things were really taught. So I moved to theater, and I, I, I was, for a while, I was very big into playwriting. Like, very big. Like, that was what I really wanted to do for a while, I, because I got burnt out on art, you know. And, you know, and I did acting. Acting was always a side job for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a side gig. I liked acting. Acting is fun, but I never considered myself good enough to really dive, like, feet first well, into, were, into it. Wouldn't they call you the Michael Caine? I, I mean, I came up with that joke myself, but yes, I was the, the we had a, a black box theater, which is like a small, if you're not in theater, it's like a, a like those, those rooms that are, those little theaters that are painted black that they can move things around and do whatever, like, make, yeah. different, make them versatile but small. We had a black box theater called Theater 220 there, and I was in so many... 220 shows, good and bad, there that I like joked that I was the Michael Caine of 220. That like, if you handed me a script, I'd do it because I enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, like, and I, I had no, like, I had no quality control filter on what I was in That's at so all. Funny. But, um, but yeah, and as time went on, obviously these are all careers that are very hard to get into, and I basically abandoned art for over a decade. I, I doodled in margins, but that was about it. And that, that I think was ultimately my biggest mistake because that was the thing I was best at. But I just, you know, and I don't know, I had a lot of depression issues and other issues when I was younger. And so I don't know, like, you know, like I think I was, I also have this weird contrarian streak in me that if someone actually pays me for something, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's not a, not a, not a sane streak of my life, but it's yeah. a thing that I have that I have to deal with. 
you know so like i i, I have a, a lot of trouble caring about things when they actually like affect me financially i start like thinking of them as a chore as opposed to something that like is like you know there's that you know do what you love and you know and it's not and, and it's not work right, right you're, like, yeah. whatever you're you'll doing, never work a day, in, you'll your never life. Work a day yeah. in your life and it's really yeah but there's that follow-up meme where it's like you'll spend every day working on everything and you'll never have a hobby that you enjoy because it's now tied monetarily to your survival <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. so you know like i like but anyway, yeah, like so that is one aspect that was hard. I, 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 as I got older, I tried to sort of get back into it a little bit more. Like I, I will do like freelance illustration and commissions, although I am woefully behind on those because I, I have all sorts of issues with, uh, with executive function, <laughs> all sorts. Not, you know, I, I laugh, but they're they're pretty debilitating, um, and <laughs> they are. I'm still laughing because it's a nervous laugh. Well, I think it's funny. They're because quite debilitating. I do think that it's funny that that one of the things that you do as a tutor is that you help people with executive. Do function. as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I know all the tips to, to overcome. Well, you don't want to fix it, yeah. right? You can help somebody else. It's just very hard to help yourself. Right, exactly. I get that. But um, and you know, like so, and and the, also the thing is, those are all things that take time, and that's where we get up to. Right. And I've also, for a, wa- a long time, I was the primary breadwinner of the house until yes. I actually lost my job just before Jackson was born. And I don't think I've, I, since then, I've, I, I, I've sometimes been the primary breadwinner, yeah. but I've never had the consistent job. And part of it is, the challenges with Jackson are that we, for me to work, I need a job that pays enough that we can have childcare for Jackson so that Allie's not a stay-at-home mom doing nothing with her career. And that is not something that balances very well. So we get in this, this is the catch-22. Yes. The more I work, the harder it is for Allie to work. Yes. But the less I work, the harder it is for us to put food on the table. Yep. Uh, so we, we end up stri- having to strike this weird balance because I can't, like I literally at this point in time cannot work a full-time job. Not because a traditional full time. Well, job. no, well, no, no, yeah. no. I mean, I can't work forty hours a week. Well, I can't you, work nine to five right, forty hours exactly, a week. Exactly. Right. You because, have to cobble together what would be. Considered, but but, I, yeah. but I, I mean, there's no way to really get that much hours without yeah. working in the nine to five right yeah, yeah, realm. Yeah, because yeah. at night we're exhausted. I'm also four. I'm almost forty three. Yeah. I'm like I'm not. You know, like I can't like I can't pull all nighters and work no. late shifts. No. You know, because I you know like without sleeping all right. day. So it's you know it's a thing where I have I actually have to work. We have to figure out. The maximum amount of time that I can be away from the house working, but also be able to I, like come home and take care of Jackson on the times when Allie is working and can't get coverage. Right. And we can't just do something like daycare. Like right. if, you, if, if, if we had neurotypical children, you know, once Jordan's old enough, you know, we could take him and Jackson to, to some sort of daycare and they could just play with kids and it'd be fine. Like you can have like some, you know, like, like. You don't need a ton of qualifications to just watch neurotypical children play. You just have to make sure that you know, like, first aid and stuff. Right. You know, whereas with Jackson, if they're not specifically trained in how to deal with Jackson, and not, like, first of all, you have to be able to handle neuro, you know, neuroatypical children, neurodivergent children. I can, my brain is forgetting words. That's okay. Neurodivergent children, you actually also, because, as I'm sure Ali has said, you know, you meet one autistic child, you met one autistic child. Like, you need to have someone who's very good with dealing with Jackson's specific issues and challenges. And so we end up in this situation where a lot of times, like, it's a weird catch-22 where I want to get work done. And then we go into my art, which is time-consuming. Right. I often just don't have the time. Yeah. Like, one of the hardest things I was, when I was doing online courses in animation, I felt like I was often under the eight ball with those projects because it took, like... I needed like 20 hours a week to work on projects like to get them even remotely to a, a polished point where they looked good and I had maybe 6 hours yeah. some weeks yeah. that I could work it on them. It was rough. And you know like so a lot of times I felt like I wasn't really learning and it felt really bad that I was doing these courses and like I still don't feel like I'm as good as I should have been after going through the classes cuz I could see my I could see my classmates like improving in leaps and bounds over the course of classes and I could see myself and just be like ah it's like I know what I need to do but I can't fit like like everything I did felt unfinished yeah you know and it was a rough time yeah and 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 it's and it's it's true of a lot of art with me and like I've I've, like I said I've got my innate executive function problems and procrastination to deal with but also it's that a lot of times I if like and drawing is a muscle that really if you 
don't do it atrophies and it atrophies fast for me. I need to, every time I don't draw for a couple of weeks, it takes me another week of practice to get back to the level I was at before. Yeah. You know, and it's you know, true. Like, and so a lot of like, I, I feel like that basically I lost almost, I've lost almost two decades of skill growing in my life, like because of timing and, you know, the first decade or so was my own doing. Right. But like now it's a lot of, a matter of balancing schedules and it and doing that catch twenty two of the more I work, the more money we have, and the more the more I draw, the better I get at it. But that takes time from Jackson, that takes time from Jordan now, and that takes time from Allie. I know the next question that somebody's thinking in their mind because you get this question all the time. So I'm gonna ask it and I want you to dispel the myth. Okay. Well, John, why don't you just turn your drawing into, you know, a career? People will pay for for drawings and things like that. They Let's won't. talk about that. <laughs> well, for well, one they thing, will, they but... will, they will. People will pay, but uh, it's very hard to get paid. Basically, the the amount of time and effort, and for that matter, life experience and learning and like not not official credentials, but like like learning how to do this, the about is very rarely fairly recompensed. Yeah. In, in the world like there's always going to be some teenager who's got a million hours of free time who like who will whip out a drawing quickly you know for five bucks on fiverr you know instead of like instead of like going to someone who's actually like like going to actually spend the time and effort and yes you know unless that kid's a prodigy i could probably do a better job than some of the people who are going to work for cheaper than me yes but it takes me time that I don't have to do it. And you also won't do it for $5. And I won't do it for $5. You shouldn't. I, like, no. Like, the vast majority of people doing art are massively undercharging. And I am still, if you go to my website and look at my commission page, I am still undercutting myself yes, massively. Because people don't really value, they, they think of art as just like this, This a lot of people don't think of it as like a real skill. Right. I am way more skilled than a lot of people who make a lot of money. You know, doing some sort of coding or whatever, because that's what gets, you know, that's what pays the bills right. for them. You know, I have a very specific skill that is just not valued. Well, I mean, and then and then you come down to the situation, and where also it's, you can't sell yourself. You have to be able to sell yourself in that too. So, and- so John did a drawing years ago that he used to have a, a blog. A, a blogger <laughs> yeah, site. So, yeah. yeah, it was a that free was, little thing. It was a free I, it was thing a hobby. Because it was a hobby. He did it for fun. It was, and, and on that site, he posted a picture that he drew. This was way before kids. I don't think we were married. Uh, we were, no, it was 2011. So we were not yet, we were married, but we didn't have, we didn't have Jackson. Yeah, we didn't have any kids. But like, I started that site before we were married. That oh, was yeah. actually, that was actually on the tail end of the site when I wasn't really updating it that much. Right. I just happened to draw that. So John drew a licensed Marvel character, yeah. which was Captain America, and had him Yeah, uh, I, I basically, it. okay, the site I had was called hitlergettingpunched.blogspot.com. It's still around if yeah, you really want to go, go look, look at, at it. it. Like, you know, it's... It's kind of silly. It was it was mainly done like because I, I I was I was having fun collecting images from like I, I I like World War II propaganda images of Hitler being like decked, punched, you know, like punched, kicked, blown up, whatever. Mostly by comic book characters, but also like whatever. But it was it was basically like you know it was and this is you know this was long before any of the uh, current political landscape. This was a tail end of the, the it's the tail end of the first term of Obama. Yeah, I know, right? The fact that <laughs> you know, like it was it was you know like it was. But it was like I had drawn this particular one, and actually it was based off of a. Of a I'm gonna mispronounce his name because I can like he, I'm never 100 percent sure, but Sal Buscema, I think is how it's pronounced, uh, who's a comic book artist, uh, uh, like for Marvel Comics for many many years. Like he was very well known in the 70s. Like as a he was like the guy who did like a million. He did a jillion comic books. But one of the things he does really well is draw people getting punched. And there was a panel of Captain America punching a fake Captain America. That I liked the layout on, and I was playing around. So I, I but I changed uh, the fake Captain America into Hitler, and uh, drew that uh, years ago. Scanned it, colored it really crappily, and like like the GNU GIMP interface, like yeah. fake Photoshop, you know. Uh, and uh, you know, and I put it on my little blog, and I thought nothing of it. It was a thing I did for fun ages ago. And suddenly, like, come 2016, 2017, uh, because I had done a gajillion like things on the website on a website called Hitler getting punched like put up all these different pictures like there's like 400 various pictures some drawn by me most of most old comic books or some contributed from uh like like viewers readers I guess of blog not viewers uh 
So I was, I, my site is, I think, still the number one search site for Hitler getting punched. And that specific image was at the top of the list. So that image as, you know, as like anti-fascist, uh, you know, resistance and anti-Trump, especially things, you know, like came out, people started apparently searching a lot for Hitler getting punched. And suddenly my little drawing was like showing up on people's avatars everywhere. It went on viral. Facebook and Twitter, you know. You've like seen that, it probably. <laughs> you, know, it, you know, like yeah, if you Google Hitler getting punched, that's probably going to be the first image yes. you see. And um, it's it's kind of a thing since I did it for fun and it was with someone else's property who's now owned by Disney, the yeah. most litigious company in the world for intellectual property. I've never seen a dime from this drawing, of course. I've seen other people make a dime from that drawing. Yes. Who, people who are more willing to play around with, uh, you know. And of course, you know, aside from that, like even getting attribution is a problem in, in online in the art world. Yeah. Like if someone, like people just share things, they don't think about the fact that a person actually made them. They never, right. they never think about the credit. They never think about the work that went into it. It's just content to be thrown around willy nilly. And you know, and certain things like with that, like with real cheap and dirty photoshops, yeah, it like it if it took someone five minutes, that you know, that's great that they, like that it disappears and becomes anonymous. But it kind of sucks when it's something you spent quite a bit of time on that's actually a hand-drawn picture like i have it at my house if anyone wants if anyone wants to make me a a, an offer uh, for this piece (laughs) of internet history we'll see (laughs) 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 you know but i mean it is it is a an actual like drawn with ink and you know yeah using like using my like because again i didn't trace this this is i i used it as like a layout plan. If, you, if you lay the one over the other they are not laid out the same right. I, I drew it based on an original like thing as an homage and but i have not seen i neither do i see a dime which is fine i was never expecting to see a dime from it it really kind of sucks to see it everywhere without attribution and to see people take it and kind of do like act like it's their thing yeah. they've done use it on flyers and i've actually had when people know i've done it i've actually had people ask me if it's okay if they put it on like a protest flyer right and i'm like yeah that's awesome thank yeah. you for asking, asking. Me. yes but like yeah it's a thing where you don't get you like there's no way to monetize it and there's no way to do it and like you don't even get fame from it and by the way exposure that doesn't that's pay the bills <laughs> anyone who right. ever like i'll pay you an exposure I can expose myself. Ha-ha. Right. Ha-ha. I can. I. I believe me. I've been exposed. Yes. <laughs> you know that doesn't help. That's like that's like copy and credit. Like it I doesn't mean, do me any good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't exactly. Put money on my table. Right, exactly. Doesn't put bills on. Uh, doesn't and, put and food like, on my table. Yeah. Someone doesn't pay my bills. Someone with like two hundred Twitter Twitter followers telling me they'll they'll pay me an exposure when I've got two thousand. I'm like, yeah, I've already got exposure. Yeah, I'm anyway, like, I, I like there there are people who know who I am. That doesn't you know, like that doesn't mean I get like. I can make a living. Off yeah, it. it's terrible. You know, it's terrible how we're, our artists are treated. Yeah, and so yeah, that's and and that that we've gone on a very kind far of very afield. long right? very yeah, far I mean, afield. It's very interesting though. So I mean, I'm glad you explained all that because but, I yeah. think it was important to. But yeah, get like, a, I, but more, but more for us really. I I was more originally coming in to talk about the timing of everything and the yes. fact that basically, and part of it is who I am as a person. I'm exhausted all the time. I don't have a lot of stamina for like, like when my day is really heavily booked. I tend to get like really squirrely. Like if I don't have, like I need breaks and resets more than, you know, probably most people. I find I'm very bad if I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, uh, lately, if I'm being fully honest, uh, for the last few months, I've really been thinking about the fact that, you know, now that I'm knowing what I know about Jackson and him, that I am probably on the spectrum too. And I, it, it would explain a lot about a lot of the issues I have with coping in the adult world Mm -hmm. and like one of the things is i often like when i'm overwhelmed i shut down and i shut down bad like i like i it like and i know it's it's affected me professionally you know it's like i if i have too much stuff i will i will have what is more than likely a low-key slightly more like able to be controlled because I'm an adult meltdown. No, I was literally going to say that. And I had that epiphany the other day. Like we joked about the fact that you're probably on the spectrum or have spectrum things and your ADHD, I think also. Yeah, uh, I do. I'm I'm diagnosed with that. That I'm diagnosed with. The the spectrum thing, the the autism spectrum stuff is more me guessing. There's a lot of things out there about how ADHD and autism are there's a question of whether or not they are actually on the same spectrum. 
spectrum yeah. and whether or not they're part right, of yeah. the same Yeah, they thing. definitely have a right lot of comorbidity. Right now there's a comorbidity, but whether or not they're actually literally pieces of each other. So there's, there's questions about that yeah. right now. But my point is that we already know you have ADHD, but I was thinking about your meltdowns and about how sometimes your reactions to things feel feels like over dramatic mm-hmm. and i'm i'm often like what how are you responding to this so intensely like this is not that big yeah. of a deal and you're a rational human being right. and you yeah. you know you've got and when they like, and i will say this from experience when they're going on a lot of times you can tell me that and i'm like it's not a big deal to you and i know that it's not a big deal to yes. you but at this moment whether i want it to be or not it's like i don't want it to be a big deal but it is a big deal and i can't stop it from being a big well, deal well and it it does it sometimes feels like you're having these like really over intense reactions to things but when you, but when i was thinking about it i literally had that same thought i was like oh my god that's john's version of having a meltdown like jackson has his version of a meltdown right. you have them too and it's interesting because what, what works with Jackson doesn't work with you. No. So I got to learn how to like help you through well, your if meltdowns. I, well, here's the thing. If I am on the spectrum when you've met one. <laughs> and again, I, like, and, and again I know, I'm not, like, I'm, I might not be. It might just be that I'm a moody, weird person. <laughs> you know, like there's no, like it's hard to True. tell. You'd, you know, have like, to go get, you'd have to literally like, go yeah, get And, and, and like, I, I don't know, even know. Assessment I, honestly, at, at my age. I don't know if an assessment would really right tell you anything, do anything right, right. like even oh, even if it, even if, even if there's a way to conclusively and there isn't really yeah. you know you're all, like even if there's a way to conclusively go well of course he's definitely on the spectrum you know like what is that going to help me right with? how like, does it I'm help? not going to get disability for it right. I'm not going to like I'm not going to be able to like get special educational privileges right. for it I'm 43 and out oh, 42 God I'm rounding up already I know God I'm old um, I'm you know I'm out of school. Like, mm-hmm. and like, and the work world isn't going to care that, oh, well, you're what is what most people would consider high functioning. I know yeah. we talked about t- that. We, 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 we're not going to go into that, yeah. but we know that, that that's a silly thing. We don't talk about You know, like I could, you know, like, I believe me, I could go, go on forever because I, with Jackson, the irony is I've done so much research for Jackson, Yeah, <laughs> you know, that I know these things like for possibly me, you know, like, but like no one cares. Like that's not going to get you like any sort of real disability. Oh, because you're highly verbal. You can, you know, you can live your life. And it's like, yeah, I'm like my executive function shot to hell. And I like can't like half the time I actually really need an, uh, I need a grown up to tell me how to do certain things some days. Well, this is true. Like, so like, it, like if I'm tired or upset in the morning, like upset, I didn't even, that was a Freudian yeah. slip. I mean, if I'm tired or disoriented, like, because, because it's the morning, I often can't remember the order of things I need to do. Like I like things I do every day. Sometimes I'm like I don't know what's next. Maybe we should make you a visual schedule. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> or just that. Or just that big that far side sign that said first pants then shoes. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I feel like I need that, so I get it. Yeah. What I was gonna say though is that while we're on that subject, let's talk a little bit about medicine because I think that feeds into your ADHD. Mm. It feeds into what we're doing with Jackson right now as yeah. far as medicine goes, and I think that. We can talk a little bit about yeah. that. So uh, are you on medication for your ADHD? I am not. Now, why? What? Why is the reason you're not? The honest reason was basically it was not effective enough for me versus side effects. Okay. And what were your side effects? Uh, the worst side effect was the fact that it made me grind my teeth so hard that I was getting headaches. Oh, um, Like I would just sit and grit my teeth. Uh, the other thing was at the time... I mean, it's not so much. It's not so bad right now. I could probably that wouldn't be a problem right now. But at the time, I was working a job where I very often would be get interrupted by phone calls and things, and it made me hyper focus. Which is and a not good a good thing. One. Well, no, 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 no. Hyper, hyper focus is never a good thing. Oh, really? Hyper focus. Well, it can be useful. Right. But in and of itself, it's not a good, good or. Thing. Like, oh, I see. Hyper yeah. focus means you're you're caught on minutia and you're in, like, oh, and it also means like, and it's bad, like. When I get hyper-focused, and you get it naturally with ADHD, it's the flip side. People don't tell. Like, people of always course. think you're just distracted all the time, but actually you could be very focused, but it's not necessarily, but you can't pick what you're focused on. Oh, I see. And you could spend hours on something super minute and useless whenever there's something important that you're not doing. And God, the thing sounds is, like Jackson. But oh the thing God. is, but the thing is when you're interrupted, and it's bad enough, like, when I'm interrupted, like, even without medication, it's, it's like... The description I have in my brain is it feels like Velcro being ripped. Mm. Like it's like, it's like if you've ever like come up to me and said something to me and I've been like suddenly like, what? Like really sudden like that. That's because I was hyper-focused on something. Could have been looking at my phone. It could have been like just 
fiddling around with like some sort of trinket in my hand or something could have been like reading a book could be anything but that interruption yeah. was is debilitating like it's like it's like my whole world it takes me a second to shake my brain back out yeah, yeah. and on the on the pills i was on on vivance which is they're all basically the same kind of drug they're all they're all a mild amphetamine um vivance is just an extended release version of it um when i was when i beyond that like if like if like I'd be working and the phone would ring, it would destroy me for a second, mm. and I'd have to be talking to someone where I was like like it 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 was making me an, and and because it's an amphetamine, one of the side effects is often anxiousness, mm. and I have anxiety to begin with in a lot of ways. So it's kind of it's this battle of how much anxiety could I and how much like tooth grinding and how much and unfortunately I was not able to take a very high dosage of it before the tooth grinding. Like I would have, like so it got so bad. Like I needed probably a dose that was like I think they start you at like twenty five. I you know like then you bump up and you bump up and you bump up until you hit your comfortable dosing level. Uh, I was at only fifty, and I think they go like way higher than that. I think you can get like hundred or more. At fifty, my teeth were grinding so bad I had to dial it back to like forty, hmm. and that wasn't enough. I had been at 40 and I'm like, 40's not helping enough. Right. But 50 was too much. And I could never like get that balance. And also the fact is there there were days whenever I could like could work uninterrupted where it would have been great to have that and I could get my what I focus on what I needed to get focused on to get done. And there are other days where weirdly enough ADHD was helping at my job because I'd have a whirlwind of things going on. And so when something when something would flash in front of my face, I could respond to it and do it. Yeah. Which is one of the one of the only benefits of ADHD is when you're really on it, like if you actually are thrown a task that's specific, that's right in front of your face that you could do quickly, you can usually do that really, like you can do that fine. And so like there'd be days like, and on those days, if I was on the drug, I was like a normal person who'd be overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> like my one superpower was gone, <laughs> you know, Yeah. you know, and you know, like. Not that it's not stressful even with ADHD to sure. have things like that, but like, but the fact is because I like, oh, this is the big thing that's waved in front of my face that I can do really easily. Like, I, I it would make me pleased to actually be able to get get something accomplished and move on with my day. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like, so those, yeah, the drugs weren't working great for me, and it, it sucks because like, the the thing about ADHD that everyone's like, almost everyone like, if when you take those drugs, there's it, usually like kind of a sea change in how like, the, like if a kid has no comor- comorbidities, like it, it just has ADHD, those kind of drugs really work well. Yeah. And like we're you can cool see an almost, brother, in, yeah. you can see an almost instant change. Yeah. And for me, I could feel a slight change, which means you need a higher dosage, right. but the side effects were too much for me. So I fall into that, I think like 20% or something, if I remember correctly, of people who don't really respond well to ADHD meds, which is, Ugh. you know, which sucks. Well, the, uh, the cool thing is a lot of people think those people might also be the people who are on the spectrum. Right, right. So. Well, and that's <laughs> my, so, so bringing that up is that we're starting Jackson on a very low dose of Ritalin, which is the derivative, basically the same thing as Vivance. Yeah, Vivance is basically the, Ritalin with, a, with an extended, extended release, release or Adderall with an right. extended release, which so is basically So all of them Ritalin. are basically the same. They're all, they're all various formulations of so the same st- core. So we're starting him on a very, very low dose. Our, our developmental pediatrician is incredibly conservative, and I'm very grateful for this because oh, yeah. you, do, you just want to make sure that... You don't want to give a six-year-old a lot of speed. No, and you want to make sure that, that there's no side effects. That's so, what I'm saying. You don't yeah, want to yeah. just like toss a ton of speed into a six-year-old system. So we started system. him on half of a tablet he's on five milligrams um it eventually the idea is that it'll be twice a day at five milligrams but um the the just to get him started for the first week it's a half of a tab so that'd be like two and a half milligrams mm-hmm. at breakfast and while i haven't really seen some like huge i mean i don't i doubt i will change in him what i did see yesterday i noticed this usually jackson will walk in the door to our house and we say this to him every single day. Stop, take your shoes off right at the door. Because we have our, our living room and our door, our front entrance, are in this, it's in the same room. And so if you walk in and you have wet yeah. you know, on your shoes or whatever, it's just tracking I it don't all know, over the I thing. don't know. How, like, who designs a, a Chicago house, an area house without a mudroom? Stupid. Like, the weather so here is like, there's... It's <laughs> ridiculous. 200 days a year is gross weather. So don't we don't know. have a mudroom in a situation like that. So when we walk in the door, it's like we want him to stop at the... The, where the rug is, you know, the, the out, mat. You know, mat is and take his shoes off right there. And Jackson doesn't like to do that. He likes to come and he bounces, literally bounces in like Tigger and <laughs> 
goes into our he the middle of the room, as far into the room as, as he can, can get, and then he wants to take his shoes off in the middle of the room and takes his jacket off while he's running into the room. It's just it's a oh, lot. Oh yeah, and, he, and, he, and because he has to do things in a certain order, he almost he always wants to take the jacket off first, even though we're like get the shoes off first. Yeah, just get, get the shoes. Off just first. take the mud and wet and snow or whatever is on your off get that first. off your feet first, and then you can take do whatever else in whatever order you want. Well, yesterday. Uh, it had been raining, and we walked in the door for, after swimming. And he had taken his, you know, med earlier for breakfast, and then we went straight to swimming. And it takes, I don't know, you said like about, what, two hours for these things to Well, like, it takes about 20 minutes to start working, yeah, usually. That's digestion. Maybe peak is about like two yeah, hours. Yeah, like in. I feel like it, yeah. It, it, so we, we got to the house, and that would be about the right time, yeah. if you think about timing. And we walked in. Actually, he got out of the car. You were already inside with Jordan, and there was a big puddle that, pools on our driveway and Jackson loves to go and jump in it which I just don't want him to do because it gets all over his shoes and you know yeah. his shoes are porous and you know then his socks get wet and the whole thing so I yelled stop now usually that does nothing for Jackson he's not gonna listen to me when I yell stop but this time he not only stopped but he stood straight up and he turned and looked at me immediately and I was like oh okay and I thought maybe it was because I yelled it so loud but then we got into the house and I said stop wait take your shoes off first and he did he did not go into the middle of the yeah. house he listened he took his shoes off and i thought ooh. so i don't know if it was coincidental i don't right. know if it was the yeah, meds exactly it, could, could be isolated well be isolated, isolated incident but if that's a, a thing to come i'm looking forward to the possibility of this yeah. working for him now we'll know more we, we keep him on the same low 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 dose up and up through friday and uh then the, then we'll tell the doctor what's going on and then he will then you know tell us to increase or decrease or whatever but the whole idea is that we're trying to make sure that it's not affecting his sleep and yeah. it's not affecting all these other yeah. things we really yeah the first thing is just side effects, side effects if, if there's right. improvement great but like side effects is what we're looking for now for sure for sure oh my gosh we uh yeah we had a nice we had a nice run there yeah. i'm trying to think if there's anything else really important <laughs> yeah, like, there's like 20 minutes of it that you could probably have skipped because it's just me complaining about the art world i but... think it's important though i actually thought it was really, i thought it was actually very informative yeah. and i was actually really grateful to have that perspective because mm. you and i i know you and i are often on the same page with things but we don't often talk through them in mm -hmm. the same way because yeah. we just sort of one of the one of the benefits and i think downfalls to you and i having what I would consider a fairly good communicative relationship is that sometimes and you joke with me that I do this a little too much is I often think to myself, well, John knows what I mean. Like John's got yeah. it. Like I don't yeah. have to explain it. I don't have to go through my whole right. rigmarole because you get it. And sometimes I think that is often what causes confusion with us because what you may have interpreted, what yeah. I didn't fully explain maybe where mm -hmm. we have a breakdown. And the same thing goes for me. You start to tell a story. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got it. You know, and I don't let you finish. And sometimes because your stories are very rambling and I love yeah. you, but it's sometimes you take me a very long time to get to the end of your story and your point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh, but uh -huh, but uh -huh. my point is that because of that, I think that sometimes we don't, we right. think we're on the same page 100% and then it's like, right. oh, I didn't know you meant it like that or I didn't know you, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. And so yeah. it's good sometimes for us to do these things because I hadn't heard you uh, while I knew you got it about my business, you mm -hmm. know, about acting and whatnot. Right. I hadn't heard you actually put it in those terms before, and it felt really nice to hear that. So oh, I really yeah. appreciate oh, that oh, yeah. and Thank your you. understanding. And I mean, I don't know if you often recognize that I completely support and get why it's so hard for you as, you know, to sell your stuff or be an artist or whatever, because yeah. I'm sure I've been on the other side being like, well, what's the big deal? Like, just draw something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clearly you I have this. I didn't, I, I didn't even go into the fact that, uh, like, and, and I, I think this is something that most people who uh, who who draw, like, will, will back me up on this. There are days when you actually don't remember how to draw. Or, oh, like, yeah. You don't really, like, all right, technically I, I remember how to draw, but there are days when you just can't get what you want out and – I will say from experience out of everyone in the arts, the people that I know that have the least amount of self-esteem about what they do is are visual artists mm. and specifically illustrators like and cartoonist type art. Like they're like, Oh God, I suck at this. I'm the worst. Everyone I know is so good. I'm bad. Well, it's uh, funny. You know, it's funny like, you say you that know, like, because like every, it's like, I, I've, I've never seen more people say, I don't know how to draw from people who have done it like, like for 30 years. Right, like, right. Like, yeah, like more people that's like, ah, uh, you know, like why can't I do this, you know? And I hate, like people, I've never known more people to hate what they do more than people who do, who, who love drawing. It's funny because in the writing world and I don't, I'm not, I don't write a lot. I mean, I, I, I know. Writers I'm, do that too. too. I'm a fairly 
decent writer. I think I'm okay. I've never gone to the point of like actually writing something so grand. I mean, I've written a play, I've written a few other things, but like I'm not really a writer. Um, mostly from what you, based on what you said, that if I were having to do it for money, I think that I would freak out and mm-hmm. I don't think that I could actually produce it. But I have written for money before and this is sort of what I was coming to. I have this really weird niche that I'm good at and that's I write candle lighting ceremonies for people yes. and I, I get paid to do it. And if you don't know what a candle lighting ceremony is, it's in the Jewish faith uh, at bar bat mitzvahs. Uh, it's become a tradition to have candles and then you invite people in your life to come who are important to you to come up and light the candle and it's this like really lovely tradition and not everybody does it I did not do one at mine Um, and it's like I think it's coming back as like a 50-50 thing but my cousins all did it and have done it for their kids and uh, on on my mom's side and uh, a couple of other people have hired me to write their lighting candle ceremonies and the reason that I'm weirdly good at it is that if you send me descriptions about the people that that I've never met and don't know about their their qualities or what the memories you have with them I somehow find a way to take the essence of that and put it in these rhyming couplets yeah and it's it's so funny because I mean they're terrible. No shade. No shade on you. No shade. It, no matter how good you are at that, I absolutely do not want to hear anyone reciting rhyming couplets about I any. Know. Like Alexander Pope, I don't want to hear his rhyming I, couplets. I know. He was considered a master of the four. I know. Like so, when I hear it's so funny because like I go to these things and I'm like, oh god, please let these stop. And it doesn't. It, it's no. It's not a shade on you. I know. It's it's 100 that it is. You know what? Uh, again, I used to be very good at the Pokemon Stadium game with the drowsies. Uh, like yeah. we had a time pushing a button. Hated doing it. Hated everything about it, but I could win it every time. Yeah. So, <laughs> that, that was so the same thing. My with me. point is that you know, I, 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 I'm appreciative of the fact that I'm good at this, and I'm appreciative of the fact <laughs> that someone wants to pay me for it. But it is there's, I cannot tell you every single time that I get a, that I get hired for this. I have this moment where I'm like, I can't write. I can't, I don't know what dumb, I don't know how, to, how I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I have no idea. And every time that I push send to send it off, I have this terror that they're going to come back and be like, this was crap. And yeah. why did I hire you? Yeah, everyone's always, everyone's always very happy with what I end up giving them. But I like, there's by the so time, much like, abject terror to yeah, get there. I hear that. I- yeah, it's such an interesting thing. So anyway, <laughs> this has been really great, and I'm glad to have you on again. And I've, I, it's so funny because I had this whole list of things to talk about, and we got through three of them. So yeah. I will have to have you back, and uh, we will have to talk again. I about... mean, assuming people liked it, because you know, otherwise they're going to be uh, the referendum on my on my on my likability. <laughs> John, where can people find you? If they want to follow you or have anything to do with you at all. I mean, I'm mostly on Twitter. I mean, I'm there all the time. And I'm, what's I'm your, very online. What's your handle on Twitter? At Hitler Puncher, to go back to our discussion there. Yes. And that's, that is the root of it, if anyone was ever wondering uh, for any reason and didn't know why I was at Hitler Puncher and thought I just like to punch Hitlers. I mean, yeah, sure I do, but, you know. Just, just random Hitlers it's out just, there. <laughs> it's just that Hitler getting punched, at Hitler getting punched, was too long. Yeah. And that was, that was uh, my original... Uh, attempt to do it because I was originally on Twitter to market that blog. That's right. Back in 2008 or 9 or whatever right, it was. It started. I was doing it. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then I just became a Twitter person, I guess. And, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's where they can find you. And what about your um, your website? Uh, you can go to johnwalter.com. Can you spell that? J-O-N-W-O-L-T-E-R.com. So you can see your drawings there, your animation yeah. and stuff like that there. Yeah. And then if they wanna if they had any desire to buy any of your things off of any things and put them on shirts or hats. Or... Uh, I can probably search John Walter on Threadless uh, my name and find it somewhere. Okay, I, great. I don't remember the like like it's been so long since I've checked that. I gotta update that. It's not But you can definitely find any of that stuff on yeah. your website. And if you find anything on my website and like it and want to uh, purchase it as a print or licensed thing, I will I will put it on one of those sites and give you a link great so thank you for being here and maybe we'll have you back and we can talk more important topics and issues all right i guess i'll see you in like 10 weeks uh hope nothing (laughs) happens in between that time because we don't actually talk except through the medium of podcasting (laughs) do you want to tell them about our other podcasts uh yeah i mean really quick well the one that uh i want to be updated more more frequently it would be a a match made in space uh which is you can find at by searching uh the itunes uh, not itunes whatever apple Podcasts at match made in space uh, or you can find it at matchmadeinspace.com and that's where we uh, show each other 80s movies from our childhood. Usually one's the, one or the other one hasn't seen. 
sometimes depending on when the when in the order it is maybe we've both seen it or both not seen it but mostly it's one of us showing the other one a movie from our childhood um and we discuss it it's not really a bad movie podcast it's more just because some sometimes they're good movies sometimes they're terrible movies usually one of us loves the movie and the other one may or may not yeah um and we're co-hosts on these other podcasts yeah, like, versus me being right. the host. And the other, and the other one we do, which uh, if, if it never gets updated again, I'll live, <laughs> is a hard Grey's Night where Allie makes me watch Grey's Anatomy for now the second time through. Um, and uh, what do you call it? The most reluctant. Uh, the internet's Net- most reluctant. The internet's most reluctant Grey's Anatomy podcast. Yes. Um, you know, and uh, you know, basically, Allie makes me watch Grey's Anatomy, and I either reluctantly say good things about it or gleefully talk about how much I hated the episode. It's a delight. And everything. So those uh, are explicit, by the way. So if you yes. are listening with kids in the car, I don't recommend it. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, this particular, I, I'm actually a is very sweary person. I can't yes. believe I didn't accidentally swear this time. I almost did, and uh, I yeah. somehow because I, 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 I'm a very sweary person. Um, and like I did last time, remember? Yes, you, I did. Yeah, you cut me. You I cut, did. I you, cut it out. Yeah. I did good. Good, good job. Good editing. Good, <laughs> king job. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, thanks for being here, John. <laughs> You're thanks, welcome. Thanks for listening. Allie. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us on Acting Up with Allie Goodman. I just want to tell you how important it is that we continue to have these conversations. So please reach out and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Allie Real to Real. That's Allie, A-L-I-R-E-A-L-T-O-R-E-E-L. Please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it. And of course, the best way for people to find this podcast is if you leave a review. So please rate us and review us. I'm so thankful for all of you. This podcast only exists because you listen and continue to bring inclusion and love. So thank you. Okay, friends, just take it one day at a time, one minute at a time, sometimes one second at a time, and just hang in there. We are all in this together.